You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healer. This week is one year of Spirit Crumbs, the podcast, and I'm super excited to be here still, showing up on an almost weekly basis and hearing from you what resonates, what Spirit Crumbs you've had coming up, and just the fact that you're tuning in. I think that as this year has been one of the most transformational in my life, it's kind of a blessing to have this to look back on and to witness my growth throughout the year. I can tell from listening back to other episodes what feelings I was having and what I was going through at the time, and it's a really great documentation. Obviously, we all are growing all the time and my mindset and beliefs will shift, but I really appreciate having this space for me to speak my truth and share my journey. And I hope that more of you are inspired to do that for yourselves as well. Something that really means a lot to me is when I'm able to help someone else share their voice. And next Monday on January 31st, I mentioned in previous episodes, I'm doing the Throat Chakra Recharge Circle, and that's going to be energy healing followed by a chance for you to either connect and share what's going on with you or just sitting in the energy together while we journal and express in whatever way feels good. You can do art, you can sit with your camera off and just be in the energy, or you can share with what's happening either physically in the energy session or what you feel compelled to share with others. I'm really looking forward to it and I hope that you are too. The link is in my bio either on spirit crumbs or concrete and crystals if you'd like to join for that event. And now on today's episode, we will be sharing clips of four different episodes that I felt summarized the past year, and they're all ones that I received messages from people about how they resonated, and I think that they're also ones that people seem to be coming back to a lot. So I figured I would pull a little clip from each. The episodes are episode 43, The Four Agreements. Episode 23, Animals as Spirit Crumbs. Episode 16, The Throat Chakra, Intuition and Courage. And episode 49, Decluttering. I hope these resonate with you and feel free to reach out with any others that didn't make the cut. Or if you heard something new this time, because sometimes when we hear something more than once, it means something different. So let me know what you think about this one. And thank you for being here with me for the past year. Enjoy the episode. I'm going to be talking about the book, The Four Agreements. It's by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's really 
very clear. So I'm going to be spoiling the book if anybody doesn't want to know the four agreements. <laughs> but I'm actually going to tell what the fifth one is as well, because there was a follow up book. But the reason I was so really captured by this book is that it's a very practical spiritual philosophy. It's it's like tangible things we can do. So anybody who's just starting out with their shadow work or starting out on their spiritual path, I think this is a really great book to start with because it's not making you have to connect to a guide or do meditation really. Like those are all compliments to this book. And so he starts the book. He's basically talking about how we're told things from a young age and we believe them, right? And what the agreements that he talks about is that every time we hear a belief or an opinion or something about ourselves or something about the way life works and we believe it and it becomes a belief, that's because we agreed to that belief. We didn't question it. We agreed to it. When we're children, we don't even know that we have an option to choose, right? Like we don't know. We just assume that if an adult tells us, then we have to assume that that is the truth. And so over time, we learn these rules and we know what the rewards and punishments are. We know that we get rewarded for doing what other people expect us to do and for achieving in the ways we're told to achieve. And then we also punish ourselves by you know, shaming ourselves, rejecting parts of ourselves, making ourselves feel guilty for having a behavior that's outside of what is expected. And he calls this like being domesticated and then auto-domesticated when we start doing this to ourselves. There's a quote that I just wanted to re read here that I just looked down at and realized I wrote down. This is the quote. That is why humans resist life. To be alive is the biggest fear humans have. Death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive. The risk to be alive and express what we really are. Just being ourselves is the biggest fear of humans. Anyways, into the four agreements. So the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. He specifies later in the chapter that impeccability means without sin. But sin has been taken in a different context. In the context of this book and the meaning of the word, it's anything that you do that goes against yourself. So anything you feel or believe that about yourself that is negative, judging yourself, blaming yourself, rejecting yourself, those are the sins that he is talking about. That is the main thing about being impeccable with your word. Yes, it means not lying, not saying things that are not true, but that comes from a place of looking at everything you say as having creative power and that your word has power. And the second agreement is don't take anything personally. And I think this is a really good segue. I really enjoy the direction that, that he took in the ordering of these because once you start being aware of your word and knowing that you're really only speaking the truth and then having that awareness that people are most of the time only acting from where their programming has come, to, come in, it helps you understand that 
other people are acting from their own beliefs. Not everyone is aware that this is a system and that they've been programmed. Not everyone's aware of that. And even ourselves, like we get to a certain point where we think that we've done a lot of work and then something comes up where we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. And you find a new shadow. We're never really done with this work. And I think that that's what makes this so powerful because it talks about how really thinking that things are a personal attack all the time is actually like the most selfish thing we can do because it's like we're assuming that everyone else's world revolves around us, right? They're all living their life with them in the center and you're just a part of their world. You're not the center of it. You're just a character. And the idea that we don't need to take things personally actually gives us back some power because it means that we can do all of the things that are authentic. We can make ourselves vulnerable. We can share our stories and other people's reactions. We have to realize is just because we're mirroring something to them. We're admitting something that they don't want to admit about themselves yet. They're not ready. And that is something that is powerful because then we have, we have the choice in that moment. If someone is saying something negative or making us feel, trying to make us feel bad, trying to tell us that we shouldn't say this out loud, any of those things, you have to realize there's a reason they don't want you to talk about it. It's because then other people might see that they're that way too. We're all going to have different truths because we're all living here for different reasons with different lessons. That moves us into the third agreement, which is don't make assumptions. And so it talks about how all sadness and drama comes from making assumptions and taking things personally. These two are also interconnected. And so the assumptions are when you don't take the time to understand or ask questions about something and you create your own meaning for it. So if somebody says something to you or sends a text, you assume what they meant and how they are feeling without checking. If they don't say, I'm hurt by this, they just send a really quick text and you take it to mean that they're hurt or they're upset with you, but you don't ask, then you are hurting yourself until you are proven otherwise. Maybe you did hurt them, but if you don't know that, then you know that's what causes unnecessary pain. The answer for us is more important than if it's correct. So even an assumption makes us feel safe. So even when we don't know the answer and we make up an answer, it's because we can't stand not knowing. We just need to have an answer. So when we make these assumptions, it also replaces the need to communicate. And the fourth agreement is always do your best. So this one is, sounds pretty straightforward and it pretty much is. Anything you do, you, it should be something that you can put all of your energy into and really show up as your best self because then you don't have to judge yourself. You have nothing to feel guilty about and you, there's nothing to be ashamed about because when you're doing your best for anything, there's nothing else you can do. That's literally the best you can do. And there's nothing to be feeling bad about in those situations. And so this can apply to any of those previous agreements because, you know, we all slip up and make assumptions and take things personally and maybe aren't as impactful with our word. Maybe we all have those that negative inner voice once in a while. But the whole point is just trying your best. And when you recognize that you've done something wrong, 
being aware of it and moving forward and trying to do better the next time. If it's something that you feel like it doesn't give you the space to do your best because you don't want to deep down, then it's something that maybe you don't need to be aligned with anymore. The quote here that I have is just to be, to take a risk and enjoy your life is all that matters. Say no when you want to say no and say yes when you want to say yes. You have the right to be you. You can only be you when you do your best. When you don't do your best, you are denying yourself the right to be you. And the final agreement that is the fifth agreement, which is a whole other book. The fifth one is be skeptical, but learn to listen. When you see an animal or an animal comes up for you in readings or in any kind of way that spirit crumbs come up for you, if you're reminded of the same animal over and over again, there's a pretty good chance that there are some traits associated with that animal that apply to you or what you're trying to do. So for example, you might see, we'll use my example that I've talked about in the past, a chipmunk. And I am someone who does a lot of research. So when something comes up for me, I go online and I go to different sources, books, whatever I have. And the chipmunk represents uh, creative and artistic pursuits. It also represents um, hiding things away and sometimes maybe hoarding too much, which is true. I do tend to have lots of piles of things around. So you can kind of look at where the animal is coming up and whether it's more of a quality that you're striving for or maybe something like the hoarding that you're that you need to look at and maybe try to control a little bit um and then i wanted to mention too that part of the reason i ended up going to the arboretum was that i was going to sit with the yew trees that i've talked about before and the yew card came up in my reading and that was kind of like my sign of like very specifically like you're going to go and you're going to sit in your spot and I did, and it was beautiful. I just sat there. It, there were a lot of people because it was a Sunday, but they weren't directly in the area I was in. I could just hear them. But I kept closing my eyes and just tuning into all of the sounds of the birds and the wind and just feeling the breeze on me because it was such a beautiful day. And then I opened my eyes at one point and coming out of one of the little groups of yew trees was a little groundhog. Well, I shouldn't say little. It was a big groundhog, but... I just think anything that's like that kind of a creature is small. But it, I guess because I was sitting so still, it felt comfortable to come out. And something that that reminded me of is the fact that I had been talking so much recently about stillness and retreat. And the fact that I had chosen to just sit in stillness, I wasn't listening to music, I wasn't writing, I wasn't reading, I was just sitting in the stillness and listening. And so for me in the moment when I saw the groundhog, that's what I was thinking of was the fact that it came out because I was in stillness and that's how I was able to see it. The symbolism for groundhogs is about exploring altered states of consciousness more deeply. And what it says is that you're, you haven't dug deep enough yet, <laughs> that you have to spend time doing that and finding the answers within yourself. And this is what I was talking about, where I never stay still long enough to just absorb one energy at a time. I'm always trying to do multiple things. The energy of the groundhog is also something that 
lends itself to burrowing deep into a subject and studying and learning. And that's very true. I do really like learning things. I've talked about it before. My unconscious profile in human design is the investigator. And it's something that just comes natural to me. Something that is connected to that as well is it means that you're busy and you can take on a big workload and that you're very, very hardworking, but that these creatures treasure their downtime just as much as the workload. And, you know, thinking about hibernation, I was talking about how I'm kind of going into a hibernation and retreat phase right now. So when I read that, I was really, I really resonated because it's kind of a sign that I need to take my lead, take the lead that the groundhog shows us. And like I said before, it's a little weird that I'm going into a bit of a hibernation in summer. Spiritually, I'll be going inside instead of doing as much um, in terms of keeping myself busy. I'm going to be trying to focus my energy on one thing at a time. And I really appreciated that there was even a, a very specific message that came through because I've been having some like digestive issues and I'm not really sure what's going on with my body. And one of the things that it specifically talks about with the groundhog is being aware of how your diet influences your natural body cycles. And I've had the card even in our card pulls come up around vegetarian and vegan diets, which I do follow. But this is more, I think, for me about thinking about when I eat certain foods and being more specific. So instead of just all vegetables, thinking about which vegetables at what times and that kind of thing. So that was really just another sign that I was meant to see this animal at this time because I just had some tests done. Something else that made sense to me is the fact that burrowing is part of that process uh, in addition to hibernation. And I do find that I do like to be in like a bubble, even when I'm working around other people, I like to have like my own space and I don't like people coming into my space. I'm very territorial. And even in my apartment, because I live outside of where most of my family and friends live, I tend to just be here by myself and I tend to travel to them. So like my home still becomes like this safe den that's just mine. And I'm really like, it's not that I, that I don't want people to come here, but I just like that it's just my own space. And I like having that as like a safety mechanism, I guess, for myself. Again, with the isolation, that was the other thing, the preferred isolation. And I do, have to, I do like to be by myself, but I also know that I am going into this period on purpose to be in isolation so that I'm not getting too distracted by what everyone else is doing. But the main thing that I left to last is the fact that specifically groundhogs are meant to represent the circle of life and rebirth and renewal because of the cycle of like hibernation that they have. And what was really, really profound to me is that I saw it with the yew trees, which again are a cycle or a symbol of rebirth. And the fact that it talks about the number three even with the groundhog because they often burrow three feet into the earth. It talks about how that resonates with divine energies and spirit. And it talks about how their burrowing also is a symbol of a deep connection with the earth and nature. 
and grounding and establishing sacred space. And so for me, I do need to do more grounding and spend more time in nature. So that is something that I thought was very relevant for what's going on for me. I realized that it's actually a Caroline Miss book. Lately, her name has come up quite a bit. I haven't ever read one of her books. So I was like, you know what? There's a reason I'm looking at that. Obviously, it's a spirit crumb. I haven't looked at that book in probably, like, I haven't taken it off the shelf in a couple of years, probably. So I take it off the shelf and I look at it. And it's called Invisible Acts of Power, Personal Choices That Create Miracles. Now, this is such a spirit crumb because um, Card Pull Friday, the cards that were chosen specifically talked about it being safe for you to be powerful. And that was directly related to being a light worker and the solar plexus and feeling confident in your own self and related to this, your own truth. And so I pulled it off the shelf and I realized like I have this Walmart receipt from like 2019 in it (laughs) at a particular point. And I'm like, okay, obviously I skimmed through because I know I didn't read it. I don't know if I explained this before. I think I did in one of my intro episodes, but I will sometimes just be drawn to a book and have no idea why and just bring it home. And like I said, they can sit on the shelf for years without me looking at them. But then there's a particular moment where I realize why I picked it up. So I open up the book and I open up the page and I could not believe it. I'm getting like heart palpitations just thinking about it again now. Um, So much so that I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs from this page because it's like the link I was waiting for. Here we go. This is the excerpt from it. So the little section is called Intuition and Courage. We often hesitate to follow our intuitions out of fear. Most usually, we are afraid of the changes in our own life that our actions will bring. Intuitive guidance, however, is all about change. It is energetic data ripe with the potential to influence the rest of the world. To fear change, but to crave intuitive clarity, is like fearing the cold, dark night while pouring water on the fire that lights your cave. In the fifth chakra, the center of choice and consequence, an insight the size of a mustard seed is powerful enough to bring down a mountain-sized illusion that we may be holding our lives together that may be holding our lives together. Truth strikes without mercy. We fear our intuitions because we fear the transformational power within our revelations. Then there's a, a few more paragraphs about specific people's experiences. But there are a few things that stick out to me. There's a phrase that says, once we admit a truth, however, our life is kicked into an orbit of change, whether or not we want it. And speaking of some of the letters they received, it says they even appreciated the messenger rather than shooting him. So this tells me this is very much that Gemini energy, right? Like sharing information, being a messenger. And this is exactly the kind of the piece that I was missing was the connection between intuition and courage, which is why I think the solar plexus came up yesterday, because we always think about intuition in terms of the third eye chakra or the crown chakra and receiving the information, being able to see things. But like I said, in order to speak your truth, you know, that's the next chakra. So you're going from, you know, the crown chakra where you're receiving information 
the third eye where you start to see or hear how that might kind of come together and start to visualize it. Um, and then the throat chakra though, there's some shadow there because we don't, it doesn't always connect to the rest of our chakras. There could be a block between, you know, the heart or the solar plexus. There could be other areas where shadows are preventing us from stepping into it. And the idea that, like I said, that the throat chakra is connected to manifesting is very clear that this is one of the beliefs of um, Caroline Mice, because she says in the fifth chakra, the center of choice and consequence, and that's manifestation, right? And so we do need that solar plexus, like boost of confidence in order to make a choice and move forward. The topic is decluttering. This isn't just in terms of like getting rid of things in your space, but also in every aspect of life. So if we look around and like we have a really tidy space, we might think to ourselves, no, I have everything pretty organized. But if you have a million things going on in your mind and you fill your schedule to the brims, you have no breathing room there and you have all of these extra commitments that no longer mean anything to you. This is also a form of clutter because it takes up space in our lives, whether we can see things or not, anything that we are spending our time or energy or money or any sort of resources on needs to be something that's aligned for us. I started thinking about how many pictures and photos I have on my phone of my walks in nature. And there's just an abundance of them. And it's overwhelming to think like, what am I going to do with these? I know I don't want to print them all and I don't want to share them all because there's a lot, like how many photos of the same grouping of moss do I need? But apparently the answer is like 72. Why? I don't know. And I did realize that over the this past season, like the spring, summer this year, when I was going for my walks, I was using that as a walking meditation. So I actually was a lot more present and I did share like little clips of video in my stories, but I did not take nearly as many photos as I used to. And I think this year I've already let go of so much. Being present was just so much easier for me this past season. And I realized that, like I said, from going through my photos and I think like digital clutter is what so many of us can relate to because we have to just take a photo of everything that is interesting to us or everything that we think we might want to remember later. And then we never go back to it. I mean, sure. Once in a while you might when something sparks that thought, but for me, I just realized that this year being more present, I actually didn't take as many and that got me thinking like how can we do that in other areas of our lives applying that to different areas can make us maybe be more present all the time and have less clutters less thoughts that are just ruminating and not feeling the need to hang on to them and so i started actually without realizing it going on this journey in the last while i realized i've been doing this in so many areas of life instead of going from like one thought to the next and feeling the need to like act on every single thing that comes in my head, I started leaving notepads in every room of my house so that 
when I have an idea or like when something's bothering me and I have too many thoughts, I can write some of them down and then I don't feel like I'm losing them. But at the same time, I don't have to hold on to them and I can look at them after at the end of the day and anything that I don't need, I can just toss it out or I can just cross them off. And like, then I'm not holding on to that energy in that moment. Should I share this now? Or should I just appreciate this moment and this thought and let it go? Clutter really reflects the ideas of like scarcity and lack and this idea that we will not have that moment again, or if we won't have enough, if we don't hold on to it or that we're missing out on something. Even if you think of love, like you need to give love in order to receive it. It's not going to be very sustainable if only one side, one person is giving all the love and the other person is just taking it all. That's not sustainable. And so I started thinking and the idea that came to me was that a moment, stay with me on this one, a moment is like its own autonomous thing. Same with like a thought or an idea or an inspiration. And it's in that moment that we need to be present to fully allow it to flow through us in the way that it's meant to. And I thought of this because (laughs) the moment I thought of this was kind of funny because what I was doing was I was sitting at my desk in my office where I have a nice view outside. I can see trees and I've had the windows open because it's been really nice and cool, but also sunny. And I was literally eating old, stale, cold pizza and just living in the moment. I didn't have anything open, no screens or anything. And I was in the middle of reflecting on this at that point when this idea came to me that like this was a moment and I didn't need to record it. I didn't need to have a photo of it, but I was appreciating it. And it was like, oh, well, it's because I'm being present and I'm just enjoying it. I'm just looking at the window, feeling the breeze, eating my stale pizza, which I always like cold pizza. The thought in that moment was that like, I am allowing this moment to move through me. I'm not trying to trap it. I'm not trying to contain it. I'm not trying to save it for later. I'm just here in the moment, appreciating this really dull, bland experience that is part of being human. And it brought through this whole wave when I had that realization that we have this tendency to either experience life as a virtual reality by looking through our phones and capturing everything that happens to us through our phones. And I started thinking, are we even actually experiencing it? How can we be present if we're only seeing it through our phone with the intent? And we're thinking of the intention of posting it or like someone else seeing this at some point or showing people or remembering it later. But like, what good is it to have the proof to remember later if we didn't experience it the first time? What are we remembering? Yes, I do agree. There are things that I do want to capture and share. We also have a tendency to have a hierarchy of moments. And this was really profound for me when I was thinking about this because I was like, why do I feel like I need to capture, let's say a family birthday, which is something that I think is worth capturing. Why do I feel like that is important? But me sitting here eating this cold pizza, I'm enjoying this moment. And like, that is just as important to me because it's part of the human experience. You know what? I do need to start celebrating those like little moments just as much as these other things that we just as a society have decided are important. I thought back to like a moment being 
an autonomous thing and thinking like, why do we feel so entitled to like capture it and keep it stagnant in this like image that we may or may never look at again. And I thought of it as like a moment being something that's like wild and free. That's meant to just like pass on, pass on through us and have its own life and to evolve into the next moment. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.